you know, on a on a philosophical level, how about that? On a ph- philosophical level, I think that this is actually the kind of investing that makes you feel like you're doing something. Because without these financings, companies they would never get off the ground. They would they would never get their first money in the bank to do anything. And a lot of companies, especially tech companies today, they're they're not profitable until years after they go public. Hey, it's Sarah here covering for Jason Stutman for the Angel Research Podcast. Today we have Alex Coifin, one of our private investors here as our guest. So make sure to keep on listening to listen to all of the great information he has for us today. Thanks. All right. Welcome to the Angel Research Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just kidding. I'm not Jason, I'm Sarah. Um, but today we have Alex Koifman joining us again. So, ah, Alex, thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> Love the enthusiasm. So, we are here to actually talk about something that I am not very familiar with, private placements. So, first, tell me what the heck a private placement even is in the first place, please. Okay, so um, I guess the simplest way would be to distinguish a private placement from your standard stock purchase, which you would make from uh, a trading platform like E-Trade or TD Ameritrade. When you use those uh, trading platforms to buy stock, for example, Google stock, um, you're, you're buying shares from another shareholder. And so you agree on a price and uh, the shares trade hands electronically and the share price that you agreed upon becomes the market price until the next transaction goes through. So that's, that's pretty much how trading works. Uh, private placements are completely different. You're buying the shares directly from the company. It's not instant like it would be on a trading platform. It usually involves wire transfers and uh, contracts signed. And you're buying shares from the company. The company's getting the proceeds. And then the company takes the proceeds and it actually uses the money to build itself. They they do research and development. They hire people, advertising, that kind of thing. So in a nutshell, that's what it is. Um, one of the aspects of private placements that is also unique is that you don't have to compete with other shareholders, other prospective shareholders uh, for the shares. So the price is set. When a company announces a private placement at, say, a dollar, then that's the price you pay, period. You, you get a certain number of shares allocated. That's what you agree upon in the contract. And you buy them. They send you a share certificate. And that's it. That's essentially the difference. Okay. Um so with that then, like, what would be, would you say, some disadvantages of a private placement? Because I'm guessing it can't all be that, that great. Um, right. Uh, so one of the disadvantages and the crucial disadvantage is risk because private placements typically, not always, but typically are done by companies that are not publicly traded. They're going to be publicly traded at a certain point in the future, and there's no guarantee that that'll happen. So you may be stuck holding these shares for months or years or forever. You'll you'll be stuck with a, a piece of paper in your desk. Uh, the first private placement I ever participated in was back in uh, the early 2010s, and the company is still promising that they're going to go public at some point. And I've uh, put $75,000 into this investment, and I have a piece of paper to show for it in my desk. So... That's the risk. That's one of the risks that uh, you accept. So with risk comes benefit, however, and that is private placements are generally done during a much earlier stage of the company's development. So when the company does go public, uh, 
the idea is that it's going to go public at a much higher price, which means that you'll be able to sell the shares that you bought cheaply at a much higher price. You make much more money. Okay, so you'd only really be able to sell those shares once it becomes public, because other than that, you just are like, I own this piece of paper, for example, and then that's just that until Correct. further notice. Yes, that's uh, that's that's really that's that's the gist of it. That's that's okay. the system. Nice. Well, that's easy enough, I guess. I mean. Do you need any certain like requirements in order to participate, or is it can like any average Joe just like? Uh, no, any average Joe cannot. So you need to be what's called an accredited investor in order to participate in uh, your typical private placement. There are some exceptions, um, which I'm probably not going to get into today. Uh, but uh, to be an accredited investor, uh, it's fairly simple. You need to either have a million dollars net worth, and that's liquid net worth. It doesn't count the equity in your home. Or uh, you need to have, as a single person, non-married, you need to have earned at least $200,000 in the preceding two years. If you're married, it's $300,000. And so those, um, those requirements were put into place a long, long time ago, back when the Securities Act was signed by FDR. And the idea was they want to protect inexperienced, not wealthy, quote-unquote, novice investors from... Uh, Things like you know the the stock market crash of 1929. That was the the entire idea behind that legislation, and so they're essentially trying to protect you from you. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I know I can imagine some people just thinking it's going to be a, like an easy, quick buy, get rich quick kind of thing, and then all of a sudden, seven years later, however many years later, and you have this piece of paper sitting around in your right, right. Um, you know, uh, FDR was a Democrat, and as Democrats go. They, they try to make laws that, at least on the surface, are, are good for the common man. But one of the ways it backfired, sort of, was that it created a way for rich people to get much richer and the middle class to essentially be cut out of the equation entirely. So Classic government. Classic, uh, <laughs> classic Democrats is what you're trying to say there. Ah, money. But <laughs> anyway, but that's nice, I guess, if you do have... A million dollars, but for for those of us who don't, I guess, is it something that you'd say just kind of forget about? And if it gets to the point when you are an accredited investor, like pay more attention to, or is it? Um, I mean, honestly, I would say it's probably not uh, the way to go, even for most people who do have the money. Um, it's really it, it's for people who have a high risk tolerance. It's for people who aren't going to be people who like to sit around and watch uh, stock prices go up and down on a daily basis and, you know, making the, the decision to buy more or sell. This isn't for them. This is one of those things where the idea is you make the investment, you kind of forget that it's there. And, you know, you you sit on on calls with the conference calls with the company periodically, uh, get updates, but you're not uh, it, it's illiquid. And People with, especially rich people, I found, uh, they, they enjoy to have access to their to their money. So I, I would say it's not for everyone. It's the purest kind of speculation there is, but it's also absolutely the most lucrative kind of speculation there is. Every, every major company out there today, every Google, every Facebook, at one point was raising money through private financings. And so people who invested relatively insignificant, modest sums back then, like Reed Hoffman is a great example. He's one of the one of the chief guys behind LinkedIn. Uh, he invested something like $40,000 into Facebook. And by the time it IPO'd, his position was worth half a billion. So, you know, half a billion dollars. I could not even imagine 
half a billion dollars. I mean, I and, and he was rich already, and all he invested was forty thousand. So um, that just shows you where you know, like he he was this this was an experienced investor. He he had that money to burn, but he didn't go. He didn't invest more. So. There, yes, there is risk, long story short. Yeah. Well, so if someone is accredited and wants to take advantage of something like this, like how in the world does someone in, even find out about these private placements in the first place? Um, so uh, through a number of different ways. Um, companies that are looking to raise money in the early stages, they typically go to people who are closest to the company. So. Um, it's the founders, the founders' family, uh, the founders' friends. They actually, there's something called the friends and family financing round, which is one of the earliest there is. So if you're one of those people, you will qualify. Uh, if you're an early employee, you will qualify. And if you are a venture capitalist, you get access to these things. It's very exclusive, obviously. Um, this isn't something that just anybody can get their hands on. Sometimes it is easier, though. Uh, sometimes companies go out searching for money, and they actually they, 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 they tap known resources of investors who have a history of, uh, of making bets like this. And so um, there, are, there are multiple avenues. Uh, one of the avenues that we have is uh, our newsletter here at Angel, um, which is called First Call. Tell uh, me more. Well, so uh, it's one of our back-end newsletters, um, which is uh, one of my newsletters, obviously. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I, I get uh, a decent amount of deal flow throughout the year. Uh, these are mostly Canadian companies. But, yeah, they're looking to raise money, and they, they know that my small but exclusive list of people will fill these financings up. So they give me a call, and they say, hey, would you be interested in, you know, passing this information on to your people. And I, I do my best to to pass it along, uh, to make it sound good. And so that's one of the ways to do it. I, I will add, there is one added benefit to the private placement. Uh, generally, they also come with something called a warrant. A warrant is, uh, it's basically the right to buy another share of the stock, or sometimes half a share per share that you buy in the placement for another set price. So for example, in a private placement, uh, you might be buying shares at a dollar, the warrant might be priced at a dollar fifty, or it might be one warrant for every two shares. So at some point in the future, usually it's for like 12 to 24 months, you'll have the right to buy, no matter what the stock is trading at at that point, this, the company may have already gone public. You can buy that, uh, turn that warrant into an actual share through a second purchase, which is uh, it's an added benefit. It's almost like free money. If the stock is trading at ten bucks and you have a dollar and a half warrant, then you know you're, you know you can you can look at the ticker symbol and think to yourself, this is basically money in the bank. If of course it's trading at less than the warrant price, it's completely worthless. So again, more risk. But this is all stuff we go over um, in uh, in the first call newsletter, and uh, you know it's uh, I. Personally, swear by this. Uh, I am very active in private placement trading, so um, I would recommend at least people get educated on it and look into it because there are opportunities there. Nice. Well, I appreciate all of that information because I mean, I sure as heck didn't really know much about private placements before we started talking you, about are it. Are you gonna um, now try to become an accredited investor? And oh, I'm trying very it? hardly to become an accredited investor. I would love to make $200,000 in the past two years or <laughs> or have a million dollars liquid cash. So far, not quite there yet, but a girl can dream. 
she sure can. <laughs> but uh, I mean, is there anything else you wanted to add about private placements? Um, I mean, not not really. Um, you know, it's you know on a on a philosophical level. How about that? On a ph philosophical level, I think that this is actually the kind of investing that makes you feel like you're doing something because without these financings companies they would never get off the ground they would they would never get their first money in the bank to do anything and a lot of companies especially tech companies today they're they're not profitable until years after they go public i think amazon it was something like four or five years after their stock listed they still weren't turning a profit and the way that they get through those tough times is through private financings. So it's it's capitalism, I think, at its best. And it is not for everybody, um, but it is, it's productive, it's necessary, it keeps the system working. There we go. Well, thank you again, everyone. You heard it from the man himself, Alex Koifman. Um, if you want any more information, check out the description below. You see all the info how to, to listen to everything Alex is doing, because you should listen to what he's doing. But um, I hope you come back. I hope I can sure. maybe host another one. I don't know. Stutman, if you're watching this. Watch ah. out. Watch out. Um, but yeah, thanks again. Uh, if you're, you know, oh my gosh, sorry. Make sure to subscribe to the channel, like, leave a comment who you like better, me or Stutman, um, or just comment a question for Alex, whatever you want. Sure. We appreciate it. But yeah, thanks again for, my for pleasure. sitting down with me. Absolutely.